Welcome, everybody. It is 9 o'clock on Tuesday night. You know what that means. It's time for another Get Off My Lawn podcast. I am your host, John Anderson. You might know me as Sandhill Shooter. You can call me Sandy or call me John or call me anything you want. As long as you don't call me late to supper, we're going to be okay tonight. Um, we've got a fun, interesting, and informative night uh planned here and it should be a great conversation with somebody that uh i'm just getting to know a little bit here in the last few days and uh i uh, can't wait to have this conversation tonight but you guys know how this works we've got a few things we need to go over real quick which also gives us time to get the uh the comments out there um go on the 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 notifications out there is what i meant to say so that uh so that people can show up and then we can see you. If you're watching live, make sure you are uh, joining in the live chat. If you're watching on Facebook, you can throw those comments in there um, and we can uh, address them um, as, as much as we can anyway. And then same on the YouTube on the uh, live chat. And uh, if, if, you're, if you're not commenting, then I don't get to see that you're there. And so it's nice to know who's out there. And even if you just want to comment and say hi and, and, uh, if you're new, then let us know where you're watching from. That would be great too. So, a um, couple things that we need to, of course, cover before we uh, before we go too uh, late into this. Uh, first and foremost, let's throw this one up on the screen. Um, if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't yet subscribed to the channel, please do, and then hit that notification bell and select all so that you can uh, get all the notifications when we when we go live or you know on the what's becoming a rare occasion anymore that I drop a different video. Uh, you'll know when that happens. Um, like the 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 podcast tonight, give it a thumbs up on YouTube. Um, heck, even a thumbs down. At least it lets YouTube know that you were here and you cared. Um, Share the link if you uh, if you like what you're seeing, what you're hearing tonight. Um, and then if if you're catching this on replay, all that still applies. You can still comment down below. You can still like and share and, and subscribe to the to the channel or like the Facebook page. So uh, there's really uh, there's no excuse for not doing that just because you didn't catch us when we were live. Uh, if you have anything that you need to reach out, you can always email us at sandhillshooter at gmail.com. Notice that Sandhills ends in S and Shooter begins with S. There are two of them there, sandhillshooter at gmail.com. Uh, another thing that we are very proud of, we are, of course, part of the Self-Defense Radio Network. You can find this show along with some really awesome shows um, over there at sdrn.us. And uh, there's there's too many to remember, so I'm not going to try and list them all. Um, but uh, some of my favorites that that I've been watching since before I was part of this network. Um, Gun Freedom Radio is really great. Um, Riding Shotgun with Charlie is really great. One of my favorites. Um, and I'm not just saying that because he's one of our sponsors. Um, I was watching that long before I had that relationship with Charlie. Uh, there's Armed Lutheran Radio and Eye on the Target Radio. There's so much good stuff over there. Just go check it out. When we're done here, go to sdrn.us and check it out. And then, of course, if you like the cool Sandhill Shooter gear, uh, we've got some hats. We've got some stickers with my logo. And then the big thing is for those of you who, who are unaware, my wife is going through uh, a battle with, with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, so we've got some green ribbon stuff. Lime green is the color for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma awareness. So we've got some stuff with lime green ribbons. Uh, some of it says not today cancer. Some of it says her fight is my fight. You can 
pick and choose. There's t-shirts for men and women. There's hoodies, there's hats, there's coffee mugs. Uh, you can get all of that at blackswantactical.com. So our friend Crumpy has got us hooked up over there on his website. You can get 10% off your order if you use the discount code SANDHILLS. So, all right, we are going to, let's see, who do we have out there already in the comments tonight? There's a few people showing up. Calaveras was out there, says he's first. Gunpowder Beauty was second. Seven Wonders, Pat Hirsch, uh, MKJO, Keith Gregory, Polite Society Podcast is out there as well. Um, and my bride is actually in the chat. I don't know how long she's going to be in here because she is not feeling well. She's not with me in the producer's chair tonight. She's upstairs in bed. So uh, nice to see you, babe. I'm glad that you're here. But um, you guys know how this works. Normally, she does the typing in the chat while I do the talking. But we don't know or I don't know how long she's going to be awake. Um, so if she's not out there, that's that's what's going on. Um all right, and uh, MKJO, thank you for the support there. Uh, he's saying that her fight is is his fight as well. So we uh, we love seeing the support. Um, okay, let's uh, let's introduce the folks that we have uh, here waiting in the green room. It's not just me tonight. We do have some special guests and some not quite as special guests, but don't tell them I said that. Uh, so. Uh, Let's see. We're just going to go through the room here, kind of the way that I've got them arranged on my screen. Um, first, we're going to say hello to Calaveras 32 Special. He's coming to us from that uh, that West Coast country behind enemy lines. I've got to say I admire the fact that you're not willing to cut and run. Because this guy, let me tell you, folks, this guy has the attitude that I think is just right. If he doesn't stay and fight the good fight, who will? It's not all about cutting and running when you live in a bad state. Um, you can't just assume it's a lost cause. So, Mr. Pickle, how are you tonight? I'm doing all right. You know, a uh, little tired. But uh, as for the cutting and run, the I wouldn't cut and run due to the politics. That's for if I were to leave the state, it would be for fin you know, uh, it would be for financial reasons, not political. But that's a different topic entirely. Sure. I do appreciate the invite. So I don't know if that's foreshadowing or not, and we're not going to put him on the spot tonight, folks, but who knows? No. <laughs> Maybe one day he'll get a job offer that will take him out of the state of California, but I'm glad that you're there. No, California uh... needs good people, and I don't care what your wife says. In my book, you're good people. Well, that's for uh, my loving wife is a big part of why I stay here as well. That's for her and you know uh, her love of family. So, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Next up, we've got somebody coming to us that uh, is fast becoming uh, a regular here on the podcast. He is holding it down from the south central part of the state of Nebraska. We've got Pat and Lily. Hi, Lily. How are you? Say hi. <laughs> Eden and John, how are we all doing tonight? Doing great. Thanks for being here. And I see over there on the side chat, you offered to keep the list. So I will let you do it. Um, All right, I, I can definitely it. do. I can do a little double duty you, tonight. I, I can multitask, even though I am a redneck. <laughs> right, you are nowhere near as good looking as uh, my best half, but no. you'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you've got a cute munchkin there, so yes, I do, and she knows it. So look out, y'all. <laughs> All right, good thing her mom and dad both know how to shoot. That's all I can say. Yep, that mm -hmm, exactly. <laughs> All right. 
Um, moving right along here, we've got somebody coming to us from an undisclosed location in also uh, mostly enemy territory. Um, up there in uh, that New England area, we've got Charlie with us. You know him from shows like Riding Shotgun with Charlie, possibly the Gungram guy. And whenever we talk about this guy, I've got a point right here. Because Charlie, every week, is riding shotgun with me. And uh, not very many people get to claim that. How are you, sir? I am living the dream, man. I love it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here and uh, happy to be on with uh, with everybody tonight. Absolutely. All right. And then also joining us um, from, uh, from the state of South Dakota, my neighbors to the north. Uh, he is listed here as media demigod but uh i i thought was it wasn't your title supposed to be uh king of all media or something like that that's that's howard stern and everybody knows i'm better than howard okay so we've gone above king and we've gone up to to partly god status i get it now exactly makes exactly. sense now okay he's like the hercules of the of new media <laughs> so paul lathrop is joining us uh he is uh the head of the polite society podcast he's the creator of the armed society podcast as well um he is the creator of the self-defense radio network but you guys that watch this regularly know i wasn't just saying that tonight just to kiss his butt because he's here uh, we are very proud to be part of that um and paul is also director of new media or deputy director Deputy of new director. media for second amendment foundation which yes, is sir. if you've heard of alan gottlieb then you know who saf is so uh after that mouthful how are you doing great man glad yeah. to be here been several weeks i've been a little busy and, and 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 i gotta admit man you're a little bit after this old man's bedtime so uh that's you know those of uh those of you that were were following along and i don't remember which facebook group it was now but but uh paul actually said he had permission from uh from mrs paul to uh to be up past his bedtime and be be on the show and and goof around with his friends tonight and then then she came along and said that was that was next week actually so <laughs> i'm glad that she let you out for for two weeks in a row now or the first of two weeks in a row exactly so you'll have to tell her that, that we appreciate it all right and uh, before we introduce our uh, our our keynote speaker tonight uh, i do want to mention that uh, we are going live on both youtube and facebook because we we have some sponsors to do the uh, the pro version of our streaming software now that lets us do that so this week's episode uh believe it or not it, and it's it is completely coincidence that it rolled around to be his week this week because he's here uh but this week's episode is sponsored by riding shotgun with charlie uh riding shotgun with charlie is a great interview show that brings you right into the heart of intimate conversations where you can be a fly on the rearview mirror the show's host, Charlie Cook, talks freedom, firearms, and anything related with guests from all over the country. Filmed within the safe confines of Charlie's stagecoach, which is also known as just his car. Uh, it's not an actual stagecoach with horses, although I can't wait to see that episode if it ever comes up. Uh, passengers open up about their lives and what is on their mind. Riding Shotgun with Charlie is available on YouTube, Gunstreamer, and the OpsLens app and most popular podcast platforms. You can also visit Charlie on the web. And, and I always forget to put this up on the screen. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, writingshotgunwithcharlie.com. And be sure to check out his cool swag page. You can get the t-shirts, the stickers, the patches, and more. You can actually have one of these and have Charlie ride shotgun with you as well. But you've got to go to writingshotgunwithcharlie.com to get all that stuff. So again, Charlie, we just want to thank you for being generous enough to help us go live on more than one platform. 
uh, as we're doing this. So, okay. Now that I've got all the bills paid and, and all of the uh, preliminary stuff out of the way, we've got uh, a very special guest joining us. And this is somebody that actually, geez, uh, I'm giving you credit for just about everything tonight. Charlie introduced me to our guest here uh, a few nights ago through Facebook chat. And uh, we've just been kind of getting to know each other. And, and uh, I decided that this is something I, I would definitely wanted to have uh, him come on the show and just talk about what he's doing out there in the Pacific Northwest and, and a little bit of the Southwest. So uh, without any further ado, we've got <clears throat> Eric LeBlanc with us. And uh, rather than me get everything goofed up, I'm just going to let you tell us uh who you are and what you do but derek is you're the founder correct um, yes i'm of the kids safe foundation yes sir uh hi I'm, I'm derek leblanc president and founder of the kids safe foundation we're a 501c3 uh, based in oregon and so we teach firearm safety and accident prevention to kids and so so far we reached about twenty-one thousand kids in four states and taught them life-saving skills and so we're hoping to reach more that is so awesome. So I just kind of want to get a little bit of background first. Um, and uh, as we're going along, we may get some questions and we'll, we'll get to those here um, as we can. But how did this begin? Why did this begin? I mean, what, what, what made this come about? So my story started back in 2013. It was on a Sunday morning. It was cold. I was going to work on a Sunday morning and I stepped outside and I left my gun on my kitchen counter with my coffee I went out just to warm up my truck. And, you know, as soon as I crossed that threshold, I realized I made a mistake and I, I, I just kind of didn't trust my gut. I went out there, opened, opened up my truck door. I noticed there were some feet exiting the rear passenger window of my truck. So there was somebody inside the vehicle. And at that point I ran around the hood of the truck. He was getting up. He was pretending like he was a CSI. Like he was, he was just checking out the inside of my vehicle. Cause he noticed was, there was a window was broken out. I didn't fall for it. Immediately swept his legs, put him on the ground, ended up on top of him. And that's when the fight began. Um, so I struggled with him for about 10 minutes on the ground until my girlfriend at the time came out with a shotgun and saved me. And so from that point, I became an instructor. You know, as I was an instructor, I, I realized that I was working with with parents that were new to kids and, and new to firearms, or excuse me, new to firearms that had kids in the house. And, and at that point, I realized that I, I needed to do something about that. So I looked at I looked at programs. There was one by the NRA. You know, but being from Eugene, I was concerned about how well received it be. So I started kind of developing my own. And so we've two years of hard development. We've been a nonprofit since 2016. And, and so it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. So if anybody wants to go check that out, um, what is the website where people can go find you? So they can find us on our website, kidsafefoundation.org. There's two S's in there and you'll see a, an or a yellow screen and then you'll see some kids, um, you know, so we have a lot of fun. We everything we're doing is is promoting, you know, responsible gun ownership. We're also promoting our two A rights, um, and we're also teaching safety and and teaching the next generation of gun owners. And and so that's something that we do. We take a lot of pride in. That's very cool. I will get that out there in the chat on Facebook and YouTube both, so people can can click on that link and go check it out as well. So. So now we're, we're going to have some people that, um, and I'm one of them starting to wonder, and, and I looked at your website, but I didn't do a lot of digging just because <laughs> I didn't want to act like I knew anything, especially compared to you who, who founded the organization. So, um, when, when we're talking about introducing kids to gun safety, mm -hmm. um, what does that look like? How does that work? 
Well, it's, you know, typically what we're doing is we're breaking it up into small pieces. Um, you know, you know, every kid's going to learn differently. And so it's a little bit easier to, to reach younger kids with just smaller bits of information. And so, you know, we're starting kids as young as, you know, three and four years old, and we're teaching them the basic, you know, what to do if they ever come across an unsecured firearm. So we're talking about similar to Eddie Eagle stuff. It's stop, don't touch, run away, tell a grown-up. It's, it's similar to that. Um, but we also were very unique because we actually follow that up with a class on the range. And so actually this Saturday I'll be in the range. And so we're, we're teaching kids, you know, good marksmanship skills with rimfires. And so it's something that you, we do that's pretty unique to our kind of niche, you know, so it's a lot of fun. I like that. That sounds awesome. So, um, so right now you're, you're mostly, um, doing this over in, in the Pacific Northwest region. Mm -hmm. You said you're in Eugene, right? Which yes. is in Oregon. For those of you that, that aren't college sports fans, you might not know where Eugene is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so as far as that goes, um, how far of a range do you actually, uh, or how big of a footprint do, do you actually cover with, with the things that you're doing right now? Well, typically wherever I go to a conference, I do a class, you know, I'm, I'm a Bass Pro Shop Cabela's uh, pro staffer. So typically wherever I go, if I have enough time, I, I plan a class at one of their locations. You know, right now we're in the final development stages of our trademarking and copywriting. And so I'm hoping to have it finished within a month or so. So I'm hoping in the next couple of months, I'll be able to, you know, onboard instructors from all of the country and truly, you know, make a difference and, and grow and turn 21,000 kids into, you know, a million kids. You know, that's how we're going to we're going to kind of make a make a stand for, you know, our, our constitutionally protected rights is through, you know, teaching the narration that, you know, and we, we want to teach, you know, facts over fear, you know, and mm -hmm. in our guns, if, if used properly, you know, they're not dangerous, they're not scary. And, and so, you know, that's, you know, we're going where we're going next. Okay. So, so now I've got a question. And for those of you who are, who are watching and listening out there, um, Derek and I haven't gone over any of these questions that I'm, I'm peppering him with. Um, we're just, we're just kind of hanging out. And if anybody has questions out there, uh, please drop those in the chat so that we can, uh, uh, so that we can field those as well. But um, so one of the things that, that I talk about in here quite a bit and not just in here out in the real world too, um, is trying to find that medium where um, we want kids to understand that guns aren't scary right? And we want to take the mystery out of it so that they're not tempted to go um, dig through and try to find the key to the gun safe or whatever it is when mom and dad aren't home. But at the same time, we also want them to understand the potential, uh, the potential destructive capability of said firearm. So whether it's part of um, what you actually teach or just coming from your own, um, your own perspective there, I mean, what do you, what's the best way to to do that? How do you accomplish that to to teach them that it's not scary, but they definitely need to be respected and, and handled responsibly? Well, I, you know, the, the biggest thing that we do is we get down to their level. You know, we don't talk at them. We talk to them. You know, we engage them in conversations in a, in a way that they're going to understand the information. That's what makes us very unique is, you know, I'm a big kid. You know, I, I love my guns. I started shooting at a young age. My, my dad started me at four with a, a Red Rider. And then gave me a, a a pump action shotgun when I was five, you know, which I still use the the shotgun in every class to tell the story to kind of remember my father, but also to teach you know important skills when it comes to how I, 
you know, safely handle a firearm, you know, and everything's about, you know, giving those kids good information at a young age, you know, that it could contradict what they're getting from either YouTube or video games or the media. And a lot of times, you know, there's people that are coming to our classes that have zero, you know, zero knowledge of firearms. And so this is why it's really, really important to be able to, you know, give them good, relevant information that'll help keep them safe and also kind of maybe pique their interest. You know, a lot of times, you know, we have about 42% of all the kids that come to our classes, they do not have guns in the house, but their parents see the value of safety. And that's what we're kind of preaching here is, and I've modeled this program similar to water safety because in, in the country, we teach every kid how to swim because we don't want them to drown. And, and that's the same principle behind our, our firearm safety program is for every kid. And we're, you know, you know, I'm working with, we have a big thing going on with Kiwanis International right now, um, which is another thing that I haven't really talked about here. Um, but this will give us the international reach. You know, they have 530,000 volunteers around the world. And so we're working on being able to translate our information into different languages because in America, we look at data, you know, Latin American kids, you know, Chinese, Russian, you know, Mandarin, you know, there's no firearm safety education for those kids. And so, and, and they're all counted on, on data, CDC data. And, and so mm -hmm. what we're trying to do is we're trying to be very progressive with our thought approach, uh, our thought process and be able to reach, you know, every kid, you know, not just the kids with guns in the house. I like and, that. and from, from that, you know, I'm teaching them about, you know, every part of, of, you know, I teach them how the bullet works. I have dummy rounds in there. I'm also engaging with the parents and showing them how to properly load and unload like a semi-automatic handgun, you know, that way they get the process right where the magazine comes out first, ground out of the chamber, you know? So there's, there's stuff that we're doing that is, it's, it's, that's why it's a family affair. And the whole point is, is, you know, with those 42% kids that don't have guns in the house of that about, 25% actually come to the number two class, right? Which is on the range. Mm -hmm. And then from that, we have about 10 to 12% that actually buy firearms so they can continue continue the education with us. And, that is and so, amazing. yeah, so we're actually converting non-gun owners into gun owners. And, and so that's, what's really, really important to help safeguard our rights and, and show the fact that, you know, as gun owners and, and a gun organization is that we do care and we're trying desperately to, to help the community and help the, the, the country. Um, and we just need an opportunity to do so. You know, right now, unfortunately, the red shirts control the, the ball. And so it's hard for us to get a word in edgewise. And that's what we're, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep fighting till we can, you know, get that seat at the table. So, well, and there's just a lot of stuff I actually want to bring up that you just mentioned there um i think it's awesome that you said 42 percent of of your attendees don't have guns in the house right now mm -hmm. and that's something else that we've talked about here on more than one occasion is it is so important for people to learn uh safe and responsible um gun safety and, and gun handling skills or at the very least for kids to learn you know don't touch uh go get an adult or whatever it is depending on their their age level and their obviously their maturity um so i mean it's it's great to see that you are making such progress with the families who recognize that who understand that mm -hmm. just because we don't have a gun in our house doesn't mean that that i'm always going to be there to protect junior from being around guns at somebody else's house or forbid, you know, that, that they're out in a playground and somebody had run through the night before we see it on TV. I don't know how often this really happens, 
but we see it on TV and in movies, right? Where somebody's running from the cops, ditches their gun, and then the next day at the playground, you know, there, there's a little kid that finds it, and of course it's either tragic or or it's a close call and you know, a near miss. But either way, um, even if that only happens once ever, it's too much, and yeah. it, it's it's great to see that so many people who don't have guns in their home still value um what you're doing and and send their children to to learn um what to do in case they are around around firearms and just recognize that again the 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 demystification part of it i think is it, it's i don't see how you can quantify that uh, it's it's so invaluable um so priceless um, well the part yeah, we can't put a, we can't put a, vi- a value on that yeah you know right. every every child is is unique every child is special you know as as everyone else you know and and so but we have to give them that opportunity to have this this education and you know you know currently what's happening in, in politically i don't know how political you get but you know i'm following everything that's happening national sure. and you know when we go into states you know we go into california for events you know there is zero opportunity for education for those kids and those kids are so vulnerable because all the guns that the, the parents have are are illegal because of a pen stroke. And, and so when we make something illegal because of a pen stroke, right, because of the king doesn't want you to have the that that type of firearm because of it maybe holds too many rounds in the in the magazine. Those parents don't talk to the kids about safety. And so we're into the, doing these events in, in you know California, other places, you know, there's zero opportunities for for education and so that's what we're trying to bring to the forefront is 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 we just because you know you might not like guns or you might be afraid of guns doesn't mean your kids can't come in contact somewhere else um you know i have heard of them coming in contact with where the firearm that's been discarded and that was used in a crime mm-hmm. that, that does happen i also hear a lot of times where kids go for play dates and you know you might be safe as a parent in your own home but when they, your kids go over there um, those parents might not share those same those shared values, and so that's why it's important to have a conversation with those parents, and you know, be very careful with the way, way you you word it. You know, obviously, don't ask them if they have guns in the house because you might not not get a good good answer for that. They might get defensive, but ask them if they have maybe un, any unsecured firearms. You know, that way you're kind of coming from a place of you you care about the safety of your child when they're in the, their care. And I, I kind of use the analogy where you don't want them driving around drunk with your kid. You know, it's a, kind of the same thing. You know, both can be fatal if 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 not practiced carefully. Absolutely. So, no, I, I love that, and that's something again that we've we've discussed at length here is if if you're not willing to talk to your kids about a specific issue, whether it's guns or sex or drugs or or rock and roll, right? Um, whatever it is, if if you're not going to talk to your kids, don't worry because there is somebody that's willing to do it and, and that will do it. Um, and, and what I mean by that is not you. I mean, there's their, their peers, right? I mean, how many of us have buddies and we're all males here in the, in the panel tonight, how many of us have buddies that we learned or thought we learned, you know, so much about the birds and the bees from that as adults, we found out that's not actually how it works. Right. But we trusted our buddy because he was a year older than we were and, and so much smarter and knew these things, right? It's the same way with drugs. It's the same way with firearms. It's the same way with, with anything in life. If you want your kids to know the correct information, then it behooves you as their parent to get them the correct information. And you have to judge 
how much of that information they're re ready to, to receive, right? I get that part. But at the same mm -hmm. time, um, do you have, you said you, you talk to kids at their level uh, and yeah. to them and, and not, not at them or down to them. So mm -hmm. do you have differing methods or differing approaches based on age groups? Or how does that mm -hmm. work? Do you have kids of all ages in one group? Yeah. So typically, you know, our, our, like I have a class tomorrow night, then, you know, there'll, there'll be kids that are four, there'll be kids that are 10, there'll be kids that are 12, you know, so they're going to have different, you know, this one's going to be in Junction City, which is, you know, north of where I'm at right now, but there's a lot of guns out there. There's a big, a big farming community out there. And so there's lots of firearms. So a lot of those kids are, are, are well-versed with firearms. So, you know, basically what we're going to be doing there is we're just going to be kind of fine tuning them. Um, answering any, any relevant questions that they might have and kind of, and we'll talk about other stuff, but like we talk about Nerf gun safety, airsoft safety, um, video games, you know, video game violence. That's, you know, something we talk about as well. And we also cover anti-bullying. And so, you know, what we're trying to do is just, we're trying to get parents and families and, and the kids, you know, all relevant information when it comes to the safety of their kids. We're talking about online safety right now, which is, it's a huge problem with trafficking and grooming, you know, so, you know, you know, we're trying to be really kind of broad based with our approach that way we can reach as many kids as possible and, and hopefully, you know, impact them in a positive way and get them involved in the shooting sports. Absolutely. And, and I'm not a parent myself. I don't have any, any kids, but I'm an uncle and I've got a lot of friends who have small children. Um, and it seems to me when it comes to video games and things like that, the scary thing isn't the content of the game, right? I mean, I know that I, I don't know anybody that can't differentiate between the fantasy world of a game and, and real life. And, and that, you know, you don't actually get to respawn if you die in real life, yep. you know, there most kids, by the time they're double digit age, they, they grasp that, right. They understand. And that's, but the scary thing is the, the voiceover IP section of that video game where anybody can be talking to them and make yep. them think it's somebody that's their own age. And we know that the predators are out there mm -hmm. just looking for the, the easy pickings, right? The, the easy kid to single mm -hmm. out, single out from the herd and cut them from the herd. And maybe that's the kid that's getting bullied. Um, you know, I mean, these predators, they're good at what they do. And so I, I didn't realize that you, you cover all those different aspects. It's, it's very great to hear that it, it's not just the firearms that, that you're, you're looking out for these kids here. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's what's going to make us more well, well-rounded or mm -hmm. well-received. Um, you know, there was a kid that came to a class about a month and a half ago that, you know, we we're talking about video games, video game violence and, you know, going through the kind of the presentation, his mom raised his mom raised her hand and said that, you know, it kind of explained the situation they had just gone through the, the previous week. And that's why they joined us for that class is her son had, had met a friend online, a, a, fr a quote unquote friend online. And, and so as I was kind of hearing, listening to the story, you know, I heard that her son admitted that, you know, sometimes her friends, his friend's voice sounded kind of weird and he thought it was just kind of a glitch in the video game. Well, you know, they exchanged, the kid was 12 years old. They exchanged their cell phone numbers. And so they would text back and forth. They played games online. Well, one Saturday morning, you know, it was East coast time when, well, that, that friend called her, her son and, you know, he was still in bed. It was seven o'clock in the morning here. She picked up the phone and it wasn't a boy. It was a grown man. And, mm. and so, you know, that's what we're kind of like, we're talking about trafficking. We're talking about all sorts of different things that are make our kids vulnerable. And, you know, the firearms, 
you know, obviously we lose eight to nine per day across the country, which is something we're actively trying to, to fix and help. Um, but there's so many more kids that are falling through the cracks because of, you know, they're being detached. They're being, you know, they're being groomed. You know, we have a kind of an altered sense of reality right now with those video games and, you know, online learning. Um, you know, so yeah. it's really changed, changed the way our kids are learning and the, the way, you know, adults and kids interact with one another, you know. And so I kind of where we're at right now, we're still locked down because of COVID. But, you know, I'm hoping to open back up because I'd like to get more kids involved in, in public and getting them shooting BB guns. We have these inflatable BB gun ranges where we can, you know, we can blow them up and they're like a bounce house. And we can just get to teach them safety and get them involved with shooting and get them outside and get them away from technology and and teach them important skills. That sounds amazing. Um, yeah. And I hadn't given it too much thought either, but <clears throat> so my day job, my nine to nine to five, my, my eight 30 to six is uh, I work in a cell phone store. And in the last year and a half, we've seen a ton of families who didn't even have home internet. They had smartphones, right. But no Wi-Fi in the house. Now, all of a sudden we've gone from people that maybe were trying to shelter their kids and, and, you know, um, keep them accountable for how much time they spend online or on social media. Now, all of a sudden, they're completely doing a, a 180 and having to spend all day long on a computer doing school and things like that. And uh, I mean, the whole world has just gone online with, with the lockdowns and, and online learning and that kind of stuff that you mentioned. So it never, again, not being a parent, there's some things that don't occur to me until I hear somebody else bring it up, but just the, the potential for, I mean, even somebody who acts like they're paying attention to the teacher, right. And has a different window open and is, is, you know, cruising Facebook or whatever yeah. with a, you know, lied about their age and made an account who knows what's going on for sure. And that, I mean, that's the hardest part about what we're living like in Oregon right now, you know, we have to wear a mask indoors You know, there's all this, all this oppression where, you know, you can believe it's real. You cannot believe it's real, but what we cannot argue is the way it affects our children. Mm-hmm. And, and it's affecting the way that they're learning. We have a you know higher rate of domestic violence. We have a higher rate of child abuse. We also have a higher rate of, of teen suicide because of we, we as humans, we need that, that interaction, right? That human contact. And, and that's what, you know, social media and the video games has kind of taken away from our kids, you know? And, you know, Charlie Cook, you know, when I was with him a couple weeks ago, he explained, you know, his, his struggles is being a band teacher. You know, everything is, you know, not every one of our kids learns the best in front of a computer screen. You know, some kids are going to learn better when they're hands on. And I, I find that, you know, if we're having issues in class where they having problems paying attention, it's like I need to try something different to kind of engage with them to kind of bring them back to what we're talking about. So it's it's definitely a challenge. Yeah, that's that's very much true. Um, real quick. And since we mentioned Charlie, uh, we'll let you go first. But does any any of uh, any of our do does any does any of you do any of you here on our panel um, have any questions for Derek or or things that you want to to mention and and we don't necessarily need to go around the horn but since we put you on the spot there Charlie we'll let you go first. Uh, I gotta say I really I, I appreciate all the stuff that Derek does and this this man works very hard for his group and and you can you can see it in everything that he does he's I think he had um, don't you have two two inflatable ranges I do uh, that, yep. that you bring around and you had. Um, uh, last year with all the, the riots and stuff that were going on, you I remember you telling me you had to move these from somewhere else and you tried to get a, 
someplace else you could store them and and it's it's a lot of work uh, it's a lot of work to, to do the stuff that he does and it's it's obviously important work and i've, I've seen him and uh seen him i uh, seen him teach a class in um in phoenix when we were at grpc he was able to set up a class at the cabela's and and he, he does a great job with the kids and the kids enjoy it and uh, kudos to this man for for the hard work that he puts in it's uh i don't sometimes he doesn't get quite the, the respect that he should because he's working with kids and I think a lot of people kind of look down on it, but they are our next generation of people that are going to be going to be shooters and gun owners. And um, he's really got a, we have to hand it to him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and well, that, that it, really means a lot coming from Charlie. I, I really respect him. And I, and, you know, in the industry he's probably one of my best friends and I'm really lucky to have met him. And um, you know, the, what he talked about was there was actually a wildfire in Oregon and we almost had all of our, all of our equipment, all of our gear almost went up in smoke. Oh geez. And so I spent all day kind of evacuating because I had a truck and trailer size so moving people, helping people evacuate. Um, all of a sudden we got the alert and our stuff was getting ready to get burnt up. And I was just like, I didn't think about our stuff. I thought about everybody else. And so we had to go <laughs> and it was a panic, but I called the, the, the cavalry and we got it moved in, you know, 15 minutes, which is great. Um, wow, but that would have been really catastrophic. Um, you know, I, I don't do it for trophies. I don't do it for, you know, I'm a, I'm a volunteer. <laughs> I don't do it for the money. I do it because it's something that's important to me. It's, it's important to the two way community, um, which I'm, I'm proud to be a part of, you know, sometimes, I'm not as proud as I'd like to be because of certain things, a lot of infighting. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of a lot of different egos and a lot of different things going on. But I think we need to all kind of set that aside and focus on one united message. And that's, you know, protecting our rights. And and so I'm, I'm real thankful to have met Paul and and Charlie through my my journeys and, and been on you know both podcasts. And it's it's a lot of fun doing what I do. But it is a lot of work. <laughs> sure it is. And anybody who um, wants to look down on somebody for, for working with kids, I mean, they, they definitely got their head somewhere where, where the sun doesn't shine. I mean, like Charlie said, these are the these are the next generation. These are the, the future of not only the shooting sports, not only Second Amendment advocacy. These are future voters, right? I mean, well, who, who better to... Um, to train up from from a very young age or not who better but but how you know what better way is there to to train the future voters than from a very young age to teach them responsibility and safety of of firearms and how that the second amendment is not about um anybody trying to do bad things or, or commit evil or commit crimes right and yeah. just having that grasp that knowledge of what the second amendment really stands for and that what firearms in this country really mean to people. I mean, it gives a lot of perspective, I think later in life as they are assaulted with all the indoctrination that comes from, from being a, a young person in America. Well, and I think there's a lot that goes into what we're trying to accomplish. Right. And that's, that's, you know, kind of push back on, on, you know, the, the fear and the, and the misinformation it comes down to is, you know, is right effective legislation, right? Um, in 2019, I wrote a Senate bill that would have authorized our program in the first grade for all public um, Oregon public schools, you know? And so, you know, I'm a subject matter expert here. We have guys all over the country that are experts in what they do. So what I would, I would propose is, is let's start putting pen to paper and start instituting 
something that we know a lot about and, and, and writing legislation. You know, that's the only way we're going to be able to stop this is, is to kind of change that narrative and say, hey, you know, we have something here that works. Let's let's try this as opposed to just getting bombarded every time. Every time something happens, it's it's some new new legislation that will add to the 22,000 bills that we already have that'll do nothing to, to fix what's happening right now. You know, so, you know, at the risk of going off on a, on a tangent here um, earlier today, I saw a, uh, a post on, on Facebook somewhere and it was, uh, um, there was something from the, the, I think it's Cannon city, Colorado newspapers page and some, some article that they had posted. And um, basically what, what it talked about was in part that, some of the lawmakers in Colorado are looking to um, maybe pass a few, you know, what they're considering common sense gun legislation. Right. And, and one of the things mentioned was a mandatory five day waiting period uh, in, you know, statewide in Colorado. Now I could not let this go because those of you who know me know that I can't sometimes let stuff go. So there was a comment section right there on their webpage for their article. And I had to throw in a comment um, and, Dang if I didn't even use my own name and attach my, my right name to it and everything. But um, I said, and I, I even, you know, copied and pasted with, with quotations, you know, from, from that part of the article, you know, a mandatory five day waiting period. And the, uh, the murderer in Boulder purchased a firearm six days before he killed people with it. So once again, some of the things that are being proposed would have absolutely done zero good to even prevent the crime that they're using to justify passing this crap that makes no sense. And, and that's, I mean, again, I know that it's getting off subject here, but I wish people would think about this a little bit. We, you know, we had a guy that, that bought a gun six days before he, he used it to commit a crime. So let's make a five day waiting period that would have not done anything. But again, I mean, it just goes to show how nuts that is where you draw the line. Maybe, we, maybe they should have had a six day period. Well, maybe a seven day period. Make it, make it right? a month. Well, I mean, well, how, yeah. It's I mean, an arbitrary number. I mean, it, so it does nothing. Months, right. Let's, let's put all of your guns in NFA jail, just like it's a, a suppressor and maybe you'll get it in eight months. Maybe you'll get it in 13 months. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's just, it's nuts. The, the lack of thought process that goes into some of this, Paul, you've got something to say. I was just doing some research today and on this particular topic and the average time from the sale, the initial sale of a gun to the time a gun, if a gun is recovered by the police that's been used in a crime, the average time from the point of sale to the point of recovery is 8.3 years. That's the average time. I saw that same thing come through today somewhere. I don't wow. know if you if you shared it or somebody else. So that, so that kind of destroys the whole narrative there. Right. Exactly. So, uh, you know, the, the whole thing is, 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 you know, there's a lot of things that are happening that makes every one of us vulnerable, you know, living in Oregon right now, they have, there's eight, eight anti-gun bills. You know, one would make me a felon for carrying a gun in a public building for up to five years, a $125,000 fine, you know, and I, I called my center about it and said, Hey, you know, do you think that I I do I would deserve to go to prison for five years and face a hundred twenty five thousand dollar fine for carrying a gun where I can tomorrow where I can carry a gun today? Do you think that's you think that's reasonable? 
And he, he couldn't, he just kept dancing around the subject. He starts talking about Heller and so all this other stuff. Well, I know Heller. And, and so, you know, it comes down to is, is the people that, that are people that are, you know, passing this legis legislation are afraid mm -hmm. and they're afraid of something that they don't comprehend. They don't understand because they haven't been trained. And, and so that's where, you know, kind of, you know, I try to influence and educate them as best I can when I have them on the phone or in, in the via email. And I think that's what we need to do is kind of figure out a way to contact our representatives in a, in a, a calm, professional manner and, and kind of explain the impact. And, and, and go ahead. Yeah, you, you hit it right on the head. And I think that I mean, we haven't really talked about this a whole lot in, on this show, but um, let's just let's just call it what it is. They're afraid. Exactly. What they're afraid of is not these firearms. What they're afraid of is not us as firearm owners. What they're afraid of is that they're they're going to be held responsible and tarred and feathered by the people that think that that you know they didn't do anything and they're afraid of getting those deaths pinned on them and laid at their own feet. And they're afraid that if that happens they don't get to keep their job. Ultimately, yeah. everything with politicians comes down to one thing. Can I keep my job if I do yeah. this? So yeah. and I kind of got off on a, on a tirade. You know, obviously, okay. I, I try to try to stay pretty apolitical because our, our I mean, our program is apolitical. Um, but I'm, I'm seeing things that, you know, obviously in the in the gun rights movement that, you know, kind of inter, intertwine with what we're trying to do. And actually it makes it harder for us to, to teach safety for some of this stuff, you know, and. And so, you know, I think, you know, we need to shine a light on that and, and bring awareness to the fact that, you know, this bad legislation could, you know, make all of us vulnerable, make our children vulnerable. And and so we just need to be able to have a conversation, you know, well, and, and, and and not only that, but um, there are, I, I would assume, depending on which state we look at, I mean, there may be um, legislation proposed that will make it harder to do what you do as you do it right now. Yeah. Right. Just having that that second class for kids and having firearms. Yeah. Available things like that. All of all of our guns have a detachable box magazine, and so that would make all of those illegal. Um, and you know, so it 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 doesn't do anything to really help save anyone. You know, it's just it's a knee jerk reaction, and and so you know, how do we how do we change that narrative though? You know how we have to be able to get ourselves in a position where we can have these conversations, um, and in a and and kind of change the narrative that way. You know, so I'm, I'm fortunate. I've I've talked with people in Nebraska, New Mexico, Washington, Missouri, Hawaii, and they're all interested in what we've what the legislative legislation that I wrote. And so maybe we can can get it started somewhere else and 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 help change that that narrative there. That's awesome. You've actually talked to people in Nebraska, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, a couple of the DC project members. Yeah. All righty. One of those is probably um, Schaefer. Stephanie Schaefer is our, Stephanie our Schaefer, project yeah. rep. Yeah. But I know great. I know that uh, the the Nebraska Firearms Owners Association president uh, Patricia Harold is is also mm -hmm. a member of the organization. So I didn't cool. know if you had spoken with her or not. No. Uh, I'm also in that. See, this is where it gets fun because. Um, Paul, I, I understand where you come from sometimes with some of the things that you do online. I am uh, director of media for Nebraska Firearms Owners Association. When I am on this channel, when I am on the Sandhill Shooter Facebook page and the, and the YouTube channel, I am not 
John Anderson, the NFOA board member and representing NFOA, even though I'm proud to be part of the organization. I am just me and my opinions are mine. And if I run my mouth, that's does it's it's not anything to do with how NFOA feels as an organization or any of the members or or the board members. It's just me. And it's getting to the point now where I I forget, but I know that I should throw that disclaimer out uh, every week just so that people people know because same microphone, same camera, same backdrop, maybe mm -hmm. a different hat. I try to cycle through the hats a little bit from week to week, but I mean, when we just did an online uh, virtual town hall meeting last night for NFOA and same face, same voice. Um, so I've got to try to remember, you know, what I'm doing and where I'm doing it. And I don't, I don't want to, uh, to get too political um, when I'm representing somebody else. But when we, when we're here, we're just us. And I know you're representing the Kids Safe Foundation, um, but at the same time, if, if you've got something that you want to vent about, it, it's a place that you can do that here too. So Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little edgier than I normally am just because of, of the crowd. You know, I, I know I'm speaking to, I'm speaking to my, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to my fellow disenfranchised, uh, you know, gun owner right. that has done everything right their whole entire life, yet it isn't good enough. And I was, I was thinking, when I was talking to my senator, I was thinking in the back of my mind, is how can I be more law-abiding? Like it's right. impossible. You, have you seen um? Was it uh, Super Troopers? You know when they're pulled over by the cops and the guys <laughs> on the side of the road. Over. I'm already pulled over. It, it, it's like that. That's the way I feel. It's like how can I be more law-abiding? You know. Um, I know. And then then the legislators want to come up like Ramathorn and be like, "Do you know how fast you were going? Uh, 65? <laughs> 63. <laughs> yeah. Is that the speed limit 65? Yeah, <laughs> it is. But that's how the legislators treat us. Like they can yes. intimidate us for doing something that's not a crime and make yeah. us feel bad and guilt us into giving something away, I guess. I don't know. But um, I wish Sarge was in the in the chat tonight. We could make fun of some, some patrolmen. We've got a, a, a friend who's a, a sheriff's deputy in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wish he was in there. <laughs> so if anybody wants to make sure sarge catches this we can tell him we were making fun of the highway patrol because that's not him <laughs> what, a, what a tough job no kidding and a thankless job and more so now than ever yeah it's uh it's been it's been quite a deal so again i'm gonna put you on the spot just a little bit and you uh, anything that i ask um you know feel free to uh um decline to comment you know or or, or whatever um you said that you are, you're a Bass Pro and Cabela's Pro staffer. Um, so what do we need to do to get you to one of the Nebraska Cabela's locations? Which I'm proud to say that Cabela's is a Nebraska company. It used to be yeah. a Nebraska company <laughs> before they got into trouble and, and Bass Pro owns them now. But but they were based in, in my state mm -hmm. and, and founded in my state. So how do we get you here um, to do stuff in, in my state? Well, currently, I mean, currently we're in the final, you know, final process. You know, we've been in talks for many, like about a year um, with Bass Pro Shop Cabela's. And so the goal is once this thing is ready, hopefully we'll continue our talks and we'll be able to roll it out in every store location. And, and that's kind of where we're going is we'll be able to, you know, engage their staff to teach what we do in their store locations because it's a benefit to them as a, as an organization, as a company, you know, especially one of the biggest gun retailers in the, in the country is, is it shows responsibility to the public 
that they serve that, you know, they, they care about the kids, you know? And so, you know, everything COVID the legal process has really slowed everything down. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to get back on track. You know, I, I got word last week that our trademark was approved and so now we're just in the comment period. So, you know, I, I guess I shouldn't have said it here. I should have kept it quiet. But, you know, that way somebody doesn't challenge the trademark, I guess. So the, the good news is, just to put you at ease a little bit, every week when we do this, we go out live to tens of people, Derek. Perfect. So, <laughs> Perfect. There, there may not be that many people watching out there listening <laughs> that, that are willing to challenge your trademark. I think we're going to be okay here. And and don't challenge his trademark. Come on. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> there um i i just kind of i kind of tooted my own horn i just you know i was <laughs> i was trying to to not you know jinx it i guess and, right and so you know everything everything's going the way we've designed it and the way it's planned and we've planned and so we just it's just another check 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 box really sure now we we lost calaveras he had to uh um he had to jump out of the chat here um which would have been cool i, I wish i had a shut up and giving him a chance to talk before he left because he's in northern california uh, so he's yeah. really not that that far from you um, there's two different two different californias there's a there's yeah, a northern <laughs> there's a northern jefferson which is you know there's a lot of guns there's mm -hmm. a lot of guns that they don't know about and and so yes to the resistance i guess i should actually <laughs> we're to the to the to the resistance <laughs> right the freedom fighters right um but you know ultimately all seriousness you know with without all these guns that are out there, we need to make sure that we're having conversations with our kids and we make sure that our kids are safe and they know, you know, the, the cause and the effect of, of that firearm and, and what happens, you know, and, and, and break it down into the, to the smallest detail that way, you know, cause they're very inquisitive, especially at like four, you know, four to eight, that's kind of the most vulnerable age. Right. And so, you know, having these important conversations with the kid also, it teaches them things that also, you know, helps them, helps them grow, helps teach them responsibility. You know, I have some parents that, you know, they, when they field strip the gun, they, they involve the kids and, and they're always, they're teaching them, you know, safety, muzzle discipline, you know, obviously we're not touching the trigger at that point, but they're showing them the, where the safety is, you know, so there's so many things that we can do as parents, if we have guns in the home um, to educate our kids and, oh, you know, it, it, educate everybody's kids. Sure. Really? And even trigger discipline when you're field stripping, you still have to maintain trigger discipline. And that's mm -hmm. part of teaching the kid too. So that's awesome. You reminded me of something I was going to mention earlier too. Um, speaking uh -oh. of places like California, and I know there are other states with a lot of restrictions. Charlie's in one with a lot of mm -hmm. goofy restrictions on specific firearms and things like that too. Um, so right. Cause every gun that you see when it's, when you're looking online at, at different handguns, Oh, it, this one's California compliant. Oh, this one's Massachusetts compliant. Right. So, I mean, I've, we've got, we've got some places that you've got to specially build a gun just to, just to make it compliant with certain state laws. So when you've got that, that level of, of restriction on firearms owners, couple things can happen and, and this may be happening and you may be seeing it. This may be uh, it, the potential is still there and I'm still going to mention this because um, we're seeing a lot of things happen. So there may be some folks that have guns that may or may not be completely compliant with their state law. Now, those of you that have been here before understand my personal feelings are if, if we're going to do this the right way, um, if we're going to break the law, then we're hypocritical. 
if we're going to fight against bad laws while we're breaking the law in the process. Criminals, nobody wants to listen to a criminal talk about law reform, right? So having said all that, I do recognize the fact that there are some people who think what the government doesn't know about won't hurt the government. And for the most part, I don't argue with that concept either. There may be some people that have some firearms that aren't necessarily compliant. That could potentially mean that that one doesn't get stored with the rest of them, though. Maybe they've got a nice gun safe and they've got a whole safe full of you know, California compliant firearms that are on the list, everything like that. But then they've got this other spot where stuff's hidden, right? But we all know that when mom and dad hide stuff in the house, we know where they hide stuff. We know where to look for stuff that's hidden. And if it's not secured, then we've got a potential bad situation happening here. Couple that with the fact that we've not only got doctors, but now we've got teachers that are overstepping, grilling kids about whether or not mom and dad have firearms in the house. And if the kid is old enough to know the difference between what's legal and what's not, then mom and dad don't want the kid going to school and telling the teacher, well, not only does my dad have guns, but he's got guns that will get him put into jail. Yeah. So again, those get hidden from the kids or they think they're hidden from the kids. And again, we've got a potential for a bad situation where things aren't locked up and secured the way they need to be potentially. So I just, I wanted to throw that out there. I mean, this is something that these asinine laws could inadvertently cause harm just because people are trying not to get put into jail without well, without just ditching something they spent hundreds or or thousands of dollars on that's that's what i was talking about earlier when i go into california like those the, there's a there's a there's a total under under underbelly of of illegal guns that mm-hmm. you know they were making they're made illegal like they were legal when the parents first bought it and right. then they just keep taking and taking and taking and taking and now the gun is in their possession they have it now it's illegal and so now they're not talking to the kids about it and mm-hmm. it's hidden and then they come across it and and so you know kind of I, I i still got to figure out where i want to go with my stance officially because i i'm i'm in my own personal opinion like i want kids to know who they can talk to about their parents' guns and who they cannot talk to about their parents' guns. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing, you know, teachers, I'm seeing doctors being weaponized against the parents and they're using the kids for that advantage. And, and so I'm kind of, I, I had a kid the other day that's, Oh, we got like a, we got a hundred, hundred guns in the house. I'm like, let's, let's be careful who we, we tell you can tell that to me, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> but don't, don't just broadcast that out, you know? Um, we got to be really, really careful. That's that's kind of the unfortunate thing. Sure. And of course, that kid said there's 100 guns and there may well be 100. There may be seven. And the kid wants to <clears> make it, you know, make their, their house sound cool, too. So, well, but yeah, you, I mean, we're, you hit we're the gonna... nail on the head. You hit the nail on the head when it comes to proper storage. Like I'm a, I'm a big, big believer in proper storage with, you know, technology the way it is today. There's really no reason, especially with the kids in the house, to leave our guns unsecured where they can come in contact with them. Um, but we don't need a mandate. We don't need a federal mandate. We don't need a state mandate. Currently, right now, there's a there's a law in Oregon that's going to be, you know, probably going to go through that's going to mandatory secure storage. But it's a five hundred dollar fine, and and it sets up a bureaucracy for them to to say what's acceptable storage in my own home, which I have a problem with because 
you're a state agency. Amen. You're not the ATF. You're not the Oregon State Police. You're a health authority. You're the ones that control the doctors. And you're going to tell me how I'm supposed to have my guns. And if I don't have them properly stored, then it's a $500. Fine. It's, it's a tax. It's a tax scam is what it is. And, and um, I don't in, care in if reality. it is the state police. I don't care if it's the ATF. I don't care if it's the Pope, the president, or the Boy Scout troop leader. Don't mm -hmm. tell me how to lock the guns up in my own house, well, especially in my house, where there are no inquisitive little fingers. Occasionally, we have nephews come to stay or we have kids in the house, and I do make sure that everything is locked up mm -hmm. in a case mm -hmm. like that. Good. But on a normal given night, it's not unusual to see a pistol in a holster laying on the end table next to the couch that I took it off to be more comfortable when I'm when I'm watching TV, you know, and, and I'll take it upstairs with me when I go upstairs or I'll forget and it'll spend the night, heaven forbid, and it's holster on my end table. And mm -hmm. it's none of these have ever actually gotten out of the house and shot people just in case anybody was wondering. But again, we don't have little fingers in our house. Um, we, we've got a, we've got an almost six month old golden retriever who I don't dare leave things lying around because that's way too expensive of a chew toy. <laughs> but uh, aside from that, um, you know, that it's never been an issue. Yeah. That would get expensive really quick. Right? <laughs> um, you know, with, with not having things be completely a hundred percent locked up and secure. And the problem that I have with a mandate is, yeah, I can see that kids, you know, families with little kids in the house or, families with little kids that come over like grandparents that have grandkids coming over things like that i mean yeah if if you're not being responsible with your firearms and you're leaving them the the potential there for little fingers to to get a hold of them without supervision then you're stupid you're an idiot you don't deserve to to see your grandkids i mean i'll throw that one out there again my personal opinion nobody else has to subscribe to that but here's the thing is the state has no business telling me that I've got to keep mine under lock and key because my neighbor has a gun and they, the state doesn't want the granddaughter to, to accidentally hurt herself or somebody else. Okay. That granddaughter never goes to my house and no kids do. So a mandate doesn't need to happen. That would be like the state mandating that we all put interlock devices on our car because, you know, idiot out there is driving drunk. Right. Just because some people break the law and are irresponsible doesn't mean that we all need to be punished. People are okay with that concept with an automobile, which is not a guaranteed right, you know, listed in our constitution. But when it comes to guns, oh my gosh, we, we don't need to worry about, you know, trampling on people's rights there because, well, they can kill people unlike a car. Right. So it's, it's again, this, this dichotomy, I don't understand why it can be one way for one thing and, and not for another. Um, but again, we're going off on a little bit of a side rant there, which you guys know. <laughs> that I'm bring, it, bring it back this way there, buddy. <laughs> right. You're, you're, you're um, still on the sideline there. Right. Okay. So, so we haven't really given Pat a whole lot of chance to talk yet. Um, Hi, Pat. If you have any questions or comments, <laughs> we'll go ahead and let's talk. And you, you uh, do have little kids in the house, so this is something. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I can touch on this just a little bit. Um, first of all, I want to thank uh, Derek and uh, everybody for being on tonight. And uh, anybody that cannot appreciate the work that that man does right there suffers from a severe cranial rectal inversion. <laughs> Let that uh -oh. let that sink in a little bit, y'all. Pull that up on Wikipedia, will you? 
hitting, hitting you with a little bit of uh, a little bit of this, the science, sir. So, anyway, uh, smaller words, please. I'm having a hard time keeping up. Head up, rear end. <laughs> oh, perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway. Also known as the politician's perspective. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, but anyway, no, I just wanted to thank everybody for being on tonight. And uh, no, uh, a lot of the things with, uh, and I'm just coming at it from my perspective with having kids in the house and everything. And a lot of the stuff that Derek and everybody touched on tonight. Um, all my guns, even though I do not own a gun safe, and I know a lot of people would probably shun me for that or everything, but uh, one of the things that I do is the ammo and all the guns are separate except for one that I do take to bed with me at night that is on the nightstand in case uh, Mr. Uh, Night Prowler wants to come around and have a little bit of fun. So... Uh, and uh, recently, uh, just up, stepped up our uh, concealed carry game a little bit. And uh, one of the things that I made sure, and I know my wife, which was standing, just sitting right off camera right here, would kill, absolutely kill me <laughs> if I brought home a gun without a safety. So, uh, yeah, that's how I do it, even though I am right in the middle of building not a gun safe but I am building a gun cabinet to where I can put all of the, at least the guns in to where they can be locked up, ammo separate, except for one gun, and that's just at night. So anyway, that's kind of how I do it. And a couple uh, other things. Oh, what's that, sweetie? Sorry, we have two guns because I okay. have my yeah. door gun. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now she has hers too, and she absolutely loves it. And it's a Ruger Max 9. <laughs> I'm just going to cut in real quick here. I'm going to throw the link to your YouTube channel out there in the chat on both sides because there are some great review, or not so much review videos, but some first thought videos on yes. the Ruger Max 9 and the Shield uh, Plus. Yes. Uh, so go check yes. those out. When we're done here, Go to Pat Hirsch's channel and check out uh, Pat and Ashley shooting those those handguns. So, okay, go ahead. Oh, cool. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you for the plug. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, uh, I got kind of thrown off there for a second. Uh, but anyway, um, you were saying. I was just saying that there is one other gun that we do keep a magazine next to. It's not loaded, but the magazine is next to it. And that is my Ruger that I actually <clears throat> kind of conceal a little bit when I go to answer the door if it's someone I don't know. Because we have had issues here in the past, and I'm not going to be caught off guard again like that. Absolutely. And for anybody that thinks that rural Nebraska is a place that is untouched by crime, no. No. Uh, I, I could go into uh, at least two separate stories at this house that I live at currently, which, yeah, not not good situations. And I know some of you, some of the people out there are listening, and uh, at least one other piece, uh, one other person on the podcast knows about. But anyway, um, with the kids and everything, uh, I try to demystify, just like what John was saying earlier. Uh, I actually had my kids at a very early age 
count ammo and I have a speed loader for my Henry 22 and that's how one of my kids actually learned how to count up to 15 <laughs> and uh, we did get the Maglula thank you John for uh, reminding me about that and uh, my kids actually helped me learn uh, I taught them how to load magazines and stuff and their ages range from 11 all the way down to three so it's a lot of it in, at least in my case and just like my dad and my grandpa and everybody else before that, we've always tried to demystify it and be like, okay, this is what it is. This is what it can do. They've all seen me shoot. They know not to touch it unless I tell them that they can or bring it to me or, you know, it's, it, it seems like that is a lot easier way to teach kids instead of just putting your foot down and saying, no, you cannot touch this. You cannot look at it. You cannot have it. Yeah, because exactly. the worst thing you can do to a kid is say, no, you cannot look at this. You cannot touch it. Right. You can't Guess think what? about it. What, what are you, what are you going to right say? The, the burner, the burner's hot. They, they go touch the burner. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's just, it's exactly. just basic. Um, <laughs> and so. now I do, I do want to mention for anybody who is, uh, who's getting in, maybe you're new to the gun world, but you're not new to, to being a parent. So, um, did you catch that pro tip, all of you with smaller children in, in the house or, or in your life, if you make it fun and make it a game, you'll never have to load your own magazines again. So pro tips from Pat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The, the little ones oh, can man. do all the work. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> You heard it here first, kids. So uh, out there in the on the YouTube side, M. Gabriel says, "Do not teach your three-year-old how to load your MG42." Uh, yeah. I don't see a I don't see a problem with that actually. Uh, maybe not how to load the rifle. Do you have but, a follow-up video there, dude? right? I, I mean, see that. <laughs> you teach a kid how well, to yes, load actually. ammo into a belt. <laughs> Uh, yes. You teach a kid how to how to build a link belt. That's that's. I do. I do. I do know a kid here in Oregon that probably could do it. His <laughs> his parents are are well versed. So there you go. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that might be a little uh, difficult on the uh, MG42, but yeah, I, I I know at least my six year old could. Eh, he's got enough of an engineering background mind like his old man that he could probably do it. Wouldn't take him too long to pop that thing open and see where the belt goes, huh? No, probably that's not. Awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's, that that gun was made to be easy to easy to run, right? So, I mean, it doesn't take a lot of plan to even figure out how to switch the barrel on one of those. I've actually shot one of those. It's it's a lot of fun. Oh, it's I used to like pretty, Derek. Pretty serious no, just, piece of equipment. I, that's that's on my bucket list is to to shoot Hitler's buzzsaw sometime. So I, I marked a few things off my bucket list last fall. I got to shoot the the uh, the Barrett. And I got to shoot, uh, what else did I shoot? I shot a, a Thompson finally. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the M3 grease gun, uh, which is what my granddad carried when he was a half track driver in, in Belgium. Um, and, and an MG 42, those are still on my bucket list. I'm going to shoot one someday and a minigun, Maybe if I could ever, my problem with shooting a minigun is I know where I can go and I can shoot it, but I can't afford the thousand dollars for the 20 seconds worth of fun. So that's the problem there. Um, all right. I, I don't have a whole lot of, of comments or questions coming through 
out there in the chat. So I don't know if everybody fell asleep. Maybe we're boring everybody. Maybe they they've heard all this stuff. But um, Derek, is there anything that that you want to talk about that you were hoping I would ask and and we haven't asked yet? Well, I I don't I don't know. I I didn't think think about that. That's a good question. Normally, <laughs> you guys have the questions, and I just come and try to. Oh yeah, no, this sounds somewhat coherent. This isn't um, actually a, a professional podcast. I didn't. No, I didn't know you didn't. I didn't know you didn't. Oh, know. dang I it! Warned you, but I thought <laughs> yeah. that Charlie would have warned you ahead of time that that no. Um, I honestly didn't. I didn't know enough to to know even which questions to ask. So I I like things when they just kind of go naturally, and 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 our conversations go where they go. Um, oh, which yeah. is usually usually how we do things here, and and I think it's more, I think it's more uh, more real that way, and I, yeah. I don't ever want people to think that we're being somebody that we're not, just because yeah. the camera's on us. So those of you that have been around me when the camera's not on me, you know, it's uh, I'm still me. So I think uh, it's just you know getting getting other people involved from around the country and, and letting them know kind of what we do and how we do it and kind of where we're going. Um, mm -hmm. You know, in the next couple months, once this whole legal process is done, I mean, you know, I'm going to be reaching out probably through different podcasts and and different forms of media to kind of in, engage with other instructors and get them involved and, and see how they can help kind of make a difference in their communities. Because um, ultimately, it's about just kind of growing the message and, you know, just showing, you know, what what we what we do works. And I think that's going to be more proof that this is a viable solution for our kids going forward as opposed to any kind of restriction or regulation or anything like that. So well, that's kind of where I'm going next. And I can, I can tell you this much too, even though I am only one seventh of the decision-making um, people on the NFOA board, I can tell you now that I want to find something that, that NFOA and Kids Safe Foundation can get together and accomplish too here in Nebraska. Awesome. Um, whether it's something through through Cabela's and Bass Pro or or something that's that's not through there, um, I definitely want to um, I want to do more things now that I'm involved with NFOA. I want to do more things across my state. Um, we're doing some stuff coming up, and I'll I'll talk about that when we close. But um, we're doing some stuff here in Northeast Nebraska just to get people aware that there even is an NFOA. And, um, which is why we'll talk about it at the end. Cause people that aren't from Nebraska don't necessarily care to, to stay for that part. But, um, I, I want to make sure that we've got awareness of what's going on. Um, and not just, not just my organization, but I, I just want to get Nebraska's gun owners off their butts and willing to, to do more things. And if we can make it about their kids, I cannot see any reason why people wouldn't be willing to get off their butts. Yeah. There's going to be a few that are like, well, my kids, you know, my kid doesn't need to worry about any of this stuff because I I've raised my kid. Right. And I trust my kid. Well, that's great. Do you trust their buddy that they brought over after school to your house? Yeah. Yeah. Because who knows how that kid was raised? You know, everybody's, everybody's kid has that one friend that you wish that they would just not be friends with. Right. So and if you don't have kids, then you understand when you were a kid, you had that one buddy that your parents just wished you wouldn't hang out with, or you were that buddy. Maybe, I don't know. But, um, I mean, we, just because your kid is responsible when you're around the, trust me, um, kids don't always make good choices, even when you expect them to. And I don't know anybody short of Joseph and Mary. I don't know anybody that ever raised a child that never tested their patients. Um, so 
And again, this is all coming from a non-parent, so take that for what it's worth. But I've I am also a big kid. I'm a forty, almost a how old am I? Almost a forty-two year old kid. And so um, I've I've got a lot of experience at being being a kid and maybe being a touch on the irresponsible side myself sometimes. Um, so all right, Paul, I were you uh, were you wanting to say something here a little bit ago? I was going to ask Derek a question. You've been around this a, a, a while. I've, I've known you mm -hmm. for a while, Derek, and uh, you've trained a whole lot of kids. One thing I found that is always unique for me when I first started was getting the feedback that I made a difference, that I introduced an idea or I did something. I'm wondering if you've got any feedback from parents where, hey, my kid was over at a friend's house and they came mm -hmm. across the gun and my kid knew what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have we we have numerous stories throughout the years of of kids that have had close calls. Um, you know, we did stop a school shooting or a potential school shooting here in Eugene. There was a kid that went through our anti-bullying pro program, um, and luckily he got his mom involved. Remember the steps got her involved. They contacted the cops, and they actually found a gun in the backpack on the way to school. So that was you know that was something that wasn't covered in the media. Um, typically I, I try not to, if I get something that's kind of, you know, in confidence, I try not to publicize it too much, but there's a lot of stuff that happens that I, I hear of and, and I, I try to, you know, take that as kind of a, you know, that's payment, right? That's payment for services rendered, you know, ultimately. And, and so there's been numerous times throughout the, throughout the years. One of the, one of the girls that, that's one of our ambassadors you know she came to us you know there you know she first came to us when she was 10 years old their family didn't have any guns they were kind of afraid of guns um she came to our first accident prevention class um and then the next week she came back and then she came back again and she just kept coming back because she enjoyed kind of being around you know me the firearms kind of learning about you know something that's not they're not familiar with and and so then she came to the range and so her parents in, invested and and so they she would come to the range every month with us and and she was she was a tremendous shooter i mean a tremendously talented young girl and from that point they ended up buying a rifle um and so she started competing competing rimfire with that rifle and then she we got we took her to arizona for a guardian long range precision um, rifle match and you know she was hitting steel at 1500 yards and, and wow. she was I think 14 at the time she's 16 now I mean they're fully hooked she's she's a sponsored shooter now uh, the parents have you know they're a big supporter of the 2A 2A rights and but it's 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 stuff like that where you see kind of the light bulb go off in the in the child's head and and then we get to get to practice and then it's it's like second nature and and a lot of a lot of these a lot of the girls that i see that come out and shoot they actually shoot better than the boys because they have they have patience mm -hmm. it's not something that the young boys have um because they they want to go fast everything that they want to do is they want to they've done it before they want to go fast and so i have to kind of i have to kind of change my tones and kind of slow down the class so that way they're not you know shooting so fast that their groups are kind of like this big around, you know? So I try to use my voice and my tones to kind of control the tempo of the class. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. I, I, I truly, I truly enjoy what we do and, and I'm hoping that, you know, it takes off the way I envision and, and to be able to go all over the country and, you know, get others involved and, and, and just see the impact that we're going to make is, is something that really excites me. And, and so, um, 
that's a great question, Paul. I, I, I appreciate that one. Um, it's always, it's always hard, you know, cause it's like what we do is so important, you know, cause the most vulnerable citizens that we have in our country are our kids. And they're obviously the most important because they truly are the future of our country. And so it's, there's a lot of misinformation. So it's our job, you know, especially as an as organization to make sure that they have good information. So when it's time, they can make good decisions. And hopefully, you know, we can save lives along the way and get them involved. And, and, and they can be the stewards of the next generation. That's kind of our goal. And, and yeah, and, and thank goodness they've got somebody to, to give them the right information. Too. Again, I mean, that's what this is all about, right? I mentioned yeah. that earlier. If you're not willing to talk to your children and give them the right information, they're going to get information right, wrong, or indifferent from somebody. And so yeah. if, if you don't have it, then find somebody like Derek that does have it when it comes to firearms and, and not just firearms, as we found out. I mean, video games and, and bullying and just social interaction, um, you know, find somebody that, that's going to give them the proper info so that they they can make informed decisions right and learn how to think critically uh we don't want them building their their uh their life skills and their decision making process on misinformation whereas if, if you watch the news that's what you're going to get is misinformation some of it's mistaken yeah. some of it's flat out intentionally misleading um and some of it's a bald-faced lie and so we, we all know that as gun owners, we know that you cannot trust what you, what you see and hear on the news all the time. Um, and honestly, it doesn't seem to matter which station we're not going to single any one of them out because whatever your favorite station is, trust me, they spin things. I, I guarantee yeah. that they don't give you the whole story either. So whichever, whichever station you're watching, um, the best thing to do is watch all of them and then figure out what is common between all the broadcasts. And that's probably the truth. Um, I get all my information from Facebook. <laughs> but then that's it's fine. If you see it on the interwebs, it's fine. <laughs> if it's been fact-checked, I'm good to go, right? Yes. Yeah, I was, <laughs> was going to say, you need to, you need to tune into Sh Riding Shotgun with Charlie, yep. Get Off My Lawn podcast, and yep. you're covered. Mm -hmm, yep. Exactly. See, what I like to do on my Facebook page, sometimes um, I'm at work and I'm not actually supposed to be screwing around on Facebook, but I'll, I'll be goofing around. I'll see something. I'm not sure if it's true, so I'll just share it on the Sandhill Shooter Facebook page, knowing full well that before I, I get my next break, somebody is going to have looked it up and tell me if I'm full of crap or not. So I, I love that about my my Facebook uh, page followers that I've got, and plus the Facebook fact checkers themselves sometimes tell me um, that, that I've posted something without context. And my favorite is when I'll post something, I will caption it myself, and when I'll get a Facebook fact check or they'll cover it up or, you know, or, or put that warning on there and then I'll click and read it. It's like, yes, that's exactly what I wrote when I shared this. If you guys would actually read and they, these weren't bots that were doing this work for you, right. then I mean, you could see that, but apparently, and I know I'm live on Facebook and I'm taking a chance here, but apparently the fact checkers and the people that run Facebook have that cranial rectal inversion problem that Pat was referring to earlier. It's not only a politician's perspective tonight. Well, they from what I've seen, they too deeply, or their lungs will hit their forehead. That's exactly right. From what I've seen in the last couple of weeks, it's it's not exclusive to politicians. Unfortunately, no, no, you're, you're right. Yes, that, yeah. and I think we've all been there. If, if we're going to be honest, we've all been there it, so, to some extent at some point. So, all right, we are going to go ahead and 
and wrap things up because I don't know how much um, how much else we need to to really cover. So uh, before we before we sign off and and give everybody a chance for some closing thoughts. Again, I just want to uh, express my appreciation that we were able to go live on both Facebook and YouTube tonight. Uh, and this week's episode is sponsored uh, by Riding Shotgun with Charlie, which is this guy right here. He's also the Gungram guy. So if you don't know him from Riding Shotgun with Charlie, then maybe you've seen the Gungrams. And if you don't know what a Gungram is, then you need to go check out the Gungrams. And we'll we'll get him to mention that what that is here in just a second. Uh, but Riding Shotgun with Charlie is a great interview show. It brings you right into the heart of intimate conversations where you can be a fly on the rearview mirror. The show's host, Charlie Cook, which looks like that feller on the top right corner of your screen tonight, uh, talks freedom, firearms, and anything related with guests from all over the country. Filmed within the safe confines of Charlie's stagecoach, passengers open up about their lives and what is on their mind. Writing Shotgun with Charlie is available on YouTube, GunStreamer, and the OpsLens app, and most popular podcast platforms. You can visit Charlie on the web at writingshotgunwithcharlie.com. Make sure you check out the swag page, get the cool stickers, and uh, and help send his stagecoach across America, because even though COVID derailed that plan last summer, you still, I believe, have the plan on eventually getting your stagecoach from one coast to the other, correct? Absolutely. This is, this is, uh, I want to make this an ongoing thing. I've got, I've been to 20 states east of the Mississippi and six states west of the Mississippi. And uh, I want to knock out the rest of the states east of the Mississippi. And I, I need to get to more states west, which I are, are in the works uh, for the summer. To, there uh, there to may be some plans to, to come out this direction, possibly. Yes. We, we can't Quite jinx possibly. anything. But I, maybe, just maybe, I, I kind of have to kind of have to brag for a moment. You know, Charlie Cook was able to drive Alan Gottlieb's a Corvette in a couple weeks ago, and that was pretty amazing to be about behind and and just to kind of see him. It was it was it was pretty cool to watch. So wow, now now was cool. I'm jealous just because I've never driven a Corvette of anybody's Corvette, let alone Alan's. So. Did you set the cameras up and do an interview from his Corvette? Yes, I did. The, actually, it's it's episode 100, which is coming out one week from today. Uh, Alan Gottlieb is, is my guest. Derek, what, or my passenger. Uh, I usually put a, a camera on the car, on the hood. But what I did this time is I made uh, Derek my, you know, <clears throat> uh, follower. That <laughs> was the paparazzi. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so put a camera on Derek's truck and um, I was driving around Bellevue, Washington and Derek was following me and, you know, it got a little interesting here and there. There's a lot of construction in that area. So I tried it, to was, keep up. it was really, really cool to, to go through and watch the footage and, and be like, holy crap, I can't believe I'm driving Alan Gottlieb's car around. Uh, awesome. it, was, uh, it was really cool, man. I keep Very telling you, Charlie, cool. man, you should have hammered on it a few times. I, I know. <laughs> I know. Now, we all know what happens, though. When you drive fast to try to get away from the paparazzi, it did not work out so well <laughs> several years ago in England. We're this not going to do that stuff because we cannot afford to lose any of our princesses, I mean, including <laughs> Charlie. So. What are you trying to say? <laughs> what, what? I mean, what? Sorry. Asking for Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not me. I, I got to tell you, I learned Alan Gottlieb has his hands in so much stuff. Yeah. And he, like, legit, he's 73 years old, I believe. Mm -hmm. To replace him, it's going to take about four people working full time to replace 
all of the stuff that Alan Gottlieb does. I think I think what's really important right now is to support you know good organizations that are doing good work on our behalf. You know, the Second Amendment Foundation, you know, Firearms Policy Coalition. They're they're doing tremendous work on our behalf. You know, and Alan Gottlieb. I I mean he he's my hero. Just seeing seeing the things that he's been able to accomplish is is pretty amazing. Yeah. I'm really thankful yeah. for him. The only thing I'm I'm not entirely sure the man can do is rest. He doesn't I, have I time. I, I don't know if he can rest. <laughs> There's nothing else he can't do. The from yeah. what I've seen, so yeah, he's cool. And I haven't got a chance yet to meet Alan in person, but I did send him a Facebook friend request here a while back, which he accepted. So I've got that going for me, which is pretty nice. nice. Saying it's it is a good feeling when you when your idols accept a friendship. Uh, that, that Alan Gottlieb and, and Larry Zanoff are like two of the people that I like. Yeah, I'm friends on Facebook with Larry Zanoff. What about it? I message him sometime. We're trying to coordinate a night that we can get him on here. That's awesome. Speaking of busy men, he's a very busy man too. So yeah, Stephen Williford's another Facebook friend that I've got that I like to name drop every now and then. So oh my gosh, and then a lot of people don't remember that name, but just uh, just look up Stephen Williford and, and you'll remember. Well, I promise. Uh, check out, which, which, which check out Charlie Kicks. Interview. interview with yes. Sacken, that is one of my favorite all-time uh episodes of your show Charlie. absolutely it's amazing Stephen Williford's uh, interview yeah just to drive him around and hear him tell his story yeah oh my god it's this is the second hour that i've been the quietest other than that one wow yeah no <laughs> and, that was that was awesome and he did it barefoot i i, I just i am yeah in disbelief what happened and it's oh my amazing. gosh he's got a uh, a new youtube channel that he's called the um the bear is it barefoot defender barefoot defender yes and he's got a, a nice a nice caricature of himself on there and and it's 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 pretty cool let me find that real quick while we're doing that because i just subbed to it here not too long ago so i'm going to throw that link up as well yeah. into the uh the chat here on both sides um Put that right there. That is Stephen Williford's YouTube channel that he's getting off the ground. He needs a bunch of subscribers, so go sub to that as well. So as does riding shotgun with Charlie. If you don't subscribe to riding shotgun with Charlie, man, you're 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 just wrong. Well, and, and honestly, I mean, we need to get subscribers for everybody. Um, Derek, you you probably don't have much going on on the YouTube side, do you? Yeah, we have YouTube. I don't I don't utilize it. I'm on TikTok. Believe it or not, I, I know, I'm on one thing I'm not on. That is something I, I, I wanted to bring up on my, my list of things to talk about about Derek here. Um, most of them are good, but um, <laughs> he is uh, uh, he he has he has stickers and stamps and temporary tattoos that he does with the little kids. Uh, he's a, he's a bit of a social media guru. Uh, media guru. He's on, he's on Instagram. He's on. Uh, he's on TikTok, you know. He's obviously on Facebook, and he's got his website. But he uh, he he's got some videos of him, uh, the the sped up videos where he's he's putting his uh, his uh, inflatable range together, which is pretty cool to watch because it's it's a process. Absolutely, it's a process. Um, what I think is really cool is he has some red riders that have collapsible stocks on them, which I Ooh, think yeah. those are pretty awesome. Sweet. Not legal in California. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, one pump BB guns. Holy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so here's, I'll, I'll let you in on this secret. So, and I think the next week or two, we're going to have the official kits. I mean, they're being done with the machinist, 
but we're going to put them out for others to buy across the country. Cause there's like all the people contact me all the time wanting to buy these BB guns, but basically it's a red rider that I had a piece machined for a buffer tube for an AR-15. So I put Magpul stocks on there. We had a custom modify, you know, the, the cocking mechanism. Um, some of them have, you know, a, a four, a, a four grip on them. You know, they're, they're pretty, pretty cool. But it, the whole, the whole point of those is I can get like wow. somebody that's three years old shooting because I can adjust the gun to fit them. So I can, I can have three-year-old shooting BB guns and I can also get the parents shooting cause I can adjust it all the way out. So they've been a tremendous hit. So we're going to, we're going to have those offered pretty soon to kind of benefit our foundation and I'll let everybody know, but those I think will be a big hit. So I'm curious cause I've, I've, I'm aware that there are inflatable BB gun ranges out there in the world, but I've never actually been up close and seen one in person. So, so what are the targets? Are they paper targets? Are they phone They're paper targets? targets? Okay. They're paper targets. So basically it's okay. The funny stories is everybody that comes up, if they're like three or four years old, they think it's a bounce house. You don't know how many kids I've seen running across the event, kicking off their shoes. They come sliding into the bay thinking it's a bounce house, right? And I go, this is not a bounce house. This is a BB gun range. And so what it does it has two little slits in there. And so we have, we have two sides so we can have two shooters at, at the same time. And, you know, we put on safety glasses. We go through a safety brief before they go in there. So we're covering the four basic safety rules. Then we give them a BB gun and then we teach them how to shoot. And then they get to take the target home. They pose for pictures. And it's it's a tremendous way to outreach the public. Like last year, before COVID, we reached 6,000 kids in Oregon and in California and taught them those skills and ran them through the safety brief. And, I mean, it, it's huge. And so, you know, we now have I two of them. I can't yeah. speak for every kid, but I can speak for myself. Had I, as a kid, run across the, the grass, kicking my shoes off as I went, and slid to a stop to hear this is not a bounce house, I would have been like, oh. Yeah, they cry, break a I lot heard, of hearts that way. But as soon as I heard not. this is a BB gun range, I would have been like, that is so much better. So do you get that reaction ever, or am I the only weird one? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. it's, we turn that frown upside down with a black BB gun that has right. an adjustable stock, and, and so that's what's really cool about it is, but it's fun, and and so and I'm that's gonna, part of what we I'm do. Is, hashtag is, every post that I see now that you put up, I'm going to hashtag it best bounce house ever. Oh no! So you know. Oh my god, it drives me nuts. But I, you know, <laughs> it's been so long because of the COVID. I probably appreciate that hashtag actually because I have friends that give me a hard time about it being a bounce house. Like it's not a bounce house. It drives me insane. But you know, I just I want COVID to kind of mysteriously go away so I can start shooting BB guns with the kids. And you know, that's kind of what I'm what I'm missing most is is the the ability to interact with the kids. We can't do you know temporary tattoos anymore because of COVID because. You know, four-year-olds, you know, get COVID and die at higher higher rates than anyone else. I guess I, I don't know. It it doesn't make sense, but so, but, but I miss that part. Is the BB guns? That sounds amazing. But soon you can have your very own, and it'll help a very good cause. I I, I actually want to look into that. So I I'll, I'll send you pics. They, send they're, send they're me the info sweet. on that. That'd be amazing. Uh, yeah, that might be something. That might be something we can do out there in the chat. I'm trolling you. I'm sorry. I had to. So <laughs> is there a chat? Is there a troll or what? It, I, I no, I am. I, I, I put up hashtag best bounce house ever. And then I followed oh, it with man. hashtag. It's not really a bounce house. 
<laughs> oh, I'm missing the comments. Is there comments? Oh, oh, there's comments. There's comments. Yeah, you oh. can see what's been huh. going on from Facebook and YouTube. Best balance house era ever. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. So right. M Gabriel, M Gabriel, if you're still there, send me a, a message with pictures of your kid with the MG42. I want to see that. Right. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Because pics or it didn't happen. <laughs> Hashtag. Right. Uh, clearly, he's he's not taught the the three year old to to load it, but maybe they can get a, a picture posing with it at least. Um, okay. All right, we're gonna wrap this up because it's getting goofy now. So uh, so real quick here, uh, we'll just go back around the horn and let everybody have any closing thoughts. Um, and uh, we'll Pat, we'll just with you any closing thoughts. And I did post your channel link um, earlier in the chat so people can check that out as well. So what's going on on your channel lately? Uh, yeah, just, uh, me and the wife, uh, shooting our, uh, new compact carry guns, the, uh, Smith plus and the, uh, Ruger max nine. Uh, yeah, enjoying them very much. Uh, especially, uh, the wife definitely loves the, uh, Ruger and, uh, I would definitely, uh, recommend that to, uh, any of the women out there and, uh, but yeah, no, not much. Just uh, trying to get ready for the uh, planting season, calving, and uh, yeah, teaching the kids how to count the uh, ammunition. <laughs> right. That's, that's the best way to get, never have to load your own mags again. That's awesome. Yep, exactly. All thanks right. for having me on, and thanks for everybody being on tonight. Thanks for joining us, Pat. Yeah. All right. Charlie, any closing thoughts that you want to have, and where can people find you? Uh, I just want to say thanks uh, for having me and uh, listen to Derek tell his story and, and share all the great things that are going on with him. And it's great to see everyone. It's great to see, uh, see Paul and Pat and obviously to see John again. So uh, thank you very much for that. Everybody can find me and uh, the writing shotgun with Charlie on YouTube. So please subscribe to that channel. Uh, you can listen to it in podcast form as well. Next Tuesday, as I, uh, as I said, is episode 100 with Alan Gottlieb and me driving Alan Gottlieb's um uh, Corvette. And uh, I, I was at the Florida carry event before I, um, and I got five interviews down there. And then I went to Seattle and I got five interviews in Seattle and I'm doing something. I'm getting out of my comfort zone a little bit. And uh, I think for the next three months or so, I'm going to be putting up shows every Tuesday. Wow. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of an undertaking, but um, you know, this is, uh, this is what it's about. So um, I've got, I've got content and I need to, and I, I want to get it out. I don't want to, I want to tell people, oh, I interviewed you in March, and when's it coming out? It's coming out in August, right? You know, so, so. so I'm curious, and I don't know if this is is if it's okay to pull the curtain back a little bit or not here. But when you when you put up a, an episode, how many hours have you spent on editing that particular episode on average? It's it's, it's honestly it's it's somewhere to to get everything set up to uh, to to write 600 words for a show description for Amoland. Uh, to edit the show, to to put all the links in, uh, I send out a busy mail to all of my clients and my my gun students. Um, it, it's an easy five hours, uh, and I know it doesn't it doesn't sound like a lot, but you're sitting there like, okay, what can I do here? What can I do here? When should I, you know, where the the conversation's kind of slow, so maybe I should get some of the video of Derek driving, uh, you know, behind us, or um, if somebody mentions somebody else that's been on the show, I like to try to put up a little uh, put up some titles with that person and make sure I. I put a link to them. Um, if there's something, you know, uh, something relevant, like we had uh, someone from Pack and Neat 
which is uh, they make little, uh, they're not go bags for purses, but it's a little go bag for a purse. It's not, not a holster <laughs> necessarily. Um, so, you know, I, I get on, on their website and say, okay, well, here, where's a picture of their product that I could put on here and I got to trim it up and put it in the video. And, um, I always get pictures of, I, I try to get pictures of me and the, the people I interview in the, in the car and maybe outside the car and, and include those in, in, um, in like the thumbnails and, and sometimes in the shows and stuff. So it's, um, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's not, it's obviously not 40 hours or anything crazy like that, but it's a lot of time sitting there and thinking, and what can I do here? What can I do there? And, um, it's, it's, it's time consuming, but it's, it's fun and it's nice. I, I don't, uh, this sounds really weird. I don't, the way I edit everything, I only watch one camera and I don't really watch the show until I go back and watch the show. Like I don't, right. you know, I'll, oh, this will be me. This will be that person, the camera on uh, them, the camera's on me. We're going to zoom in on them. Um, and I don't, I don't check it out until after I'm done with it. Nope. I, I understand. But a lot of people don't know how much work goes into, um, you know, just, just making one episode or, I mean, most of what I do just because I loathe the editing process I do in one take on my phone and you might see, uh, you know, three and a half or, or five minutes worth of, of me sitting there in my vehicle talking. But what you don't see is the half hour I spent with bad takes, trying to get that one take that was good from start to finish that I actually, you know, use as my, as my final product. And yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't know, unless you've started to do this, um, how much time and, and effort really it takes to, to doing, to doing this. Now, having said that, if you've ever thought about just turning on your camera, do it. Uh, mm. YouTube is free to join the, what I want is to make this mainstream. I want to see people posting videos of themselves, uh, not live. You cannot handle a firearm in a live video on YouTube anymore. Uh, but, uh, you know, just posting videos of, of themselves being responsible at the gun range, responsibly handle handling and, and firing firearms. Uh, if we make this mainstream, there's going to be no argument left that, you know, these aren't popular or, or, you know, 90% of Americans uh, back this particular thing that we're trying to push when really it's, no, they back, they back this idea, but not what you're saying. It's, it's misleading. And I, again, just go, go and have fun. And, and who cares if it looks great or not the first couple of times, it, it's a learning process, right? I mean, none of us made great videos the first time out, except maybe Paul. <laughs> speak for yourself <laughs> okay and Derek you know the Derek's are all great too I'm just kidding who are you talking yeah, about come on man I have 24 come on man on YouTube come on right so <laughs> all right well Charlie hey, don't take, take yourself so seriously this is the most important thing you can learn from this okay yeah. yes is to be able to laugh at yourself and, and don't lose any sleep over other people's opinions okay it's a exactly. most important thing I've seen the last three weeks okay Exactly. So, exactly. Right. Right. I couldn't have put it any better, Derek, right there. Okay, Paul, any closing thoughts that you want to get out? And then where can people find you? I want to I want to go off on the uh don't take yourself so seriously and have fun with it. I have never gotten as many comments in my life doing social media and doing podcasting as I have since I got the big microphone with SAF. Mm -hmm. And I've started having fun, and I mean really having fun, with negative comments. <laughs> and I actually look forward to going on to the SAF. People message SAF through Facebook thinking they're going to get to my boss, Alan Gottlieb, <laughs> and try to get me fired. 
And I actually have fun with that because guess who it goes to? And it is Alan Gottlieb. Uh, but I, anyway, I, I think his name rhymes with uh, Lol Pathrop. It could very well be. Could very well be. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're I, censoring the people, Paul. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no. Uh, and and if anything, if serious were ever to come about, uh, there are other. There's at least one other person that has access that could get me fired that can look at the history on Facebook. But and, and I just I have fun with it. And I mean, I sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I, I just yeah, you've got to have a little bit of a thick skin to do it, but do it. Uh, podcasting, believe it or not, uh, which is what I was started out as, is a little more expensive, but you don't have to put your face out there, and you've got a lot more editing capability, mm -hmm. and editing's easier to edit audio only. Um, but you're still looking at 20 bucks a month. Get your voice out there. If you want to do YouTube, get your face out there. My first week when I did podcasting, I had six downloads. Two of them were me. And I've got, I, I don't mean to brag, but I've got a pretty decent audience right now. You can make it. It's just getting started and don't ever, 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 ever quit. Yep, exactly right. Yeah, and I don't have a big Facebook page or a big YouTube channel, but I get some I get some pretty negative stuff every now and then. Usually it's because I posted a post that somebody got butt hurt over and they decided to uh um oh shoot, I forgot the what's the word now when when you're mad about an issue but you attack the individual person instead? Um cancel? I, no, no, there's something else that the that there's a shaming kind of buzzword that's going on now. It's it's Oh, uh, I'll figure it out, and it, we won't be on the live on the air anymore by the time I figure it out. But, Getting but uh, if so, anybody so else in, in the chat knows the the word I'm talking about, it's it's got it's it's the bait. The root of the word is ha, hominid or hom. You know, um, it, it's basically when when you're mad about an issue, but instead of being mad about the issue, you just want to tear down an individual person instead. And anyway, um, yeah, you you gotta expect some of that. But I, I'm with you, Paul. I, I like to just mess with people. And I figure that if I ever call them names or say mean things back to them in a non, what I think is intelligent way that they've won and I refuse to let them win. So I've, I try to come up with intelligent ways to, uh, um, or what I think sounds intelligent ways to insult them without actually coming out and calling them names and, you know, just saying that my dad's bigger than your dad or something like that. So it can be kind of fun and it's good exercise for my brain. So, yeah. But where can people find you if they want to, uh, if they want to check out what you're doing online? There are several places. I'm going to first recommend you go to the second amendment foundations, Facebook or YouTube page. I do a daily broadcast Monday through Friday. there called the daily bullet. Um, also I do another show on that, uh, that platform called the polite society podcast. That's the show that started at all. Uh, I do Wednesday nights and I do the armed society podcast that, uh, somebody, I, I was having a hard time coming up with a name for that show. And, you know, I, I think I really owe a beer to the person that suggested John, do you remember who suggested that name? 
Uh, I, I'm not sure who suggested it. If it's who I'm thinking of, it's you're probably going to have to owe him a Mountain Dew because beer and that guy don't get along with each other. They don't even like each other. Okay. So, uh, but he's he's a cheap date because I mean, you buy him a Mountain Dew and he's a pretty happy guy. Okay. But <laughs> I, I have no idea, folks, who he's yeah, talking yeah, about. Exactly. <laughs> I do the Arms Society podcast Wednesday nights. I do the weekly bullet on Saturday afternoons. That's a more long form version. It's kind of like uh, uh, Meet the Press, but only strictly about guns. Me and two other people in Second Amendment Media, and we interview a third person who's doing something to promote our rights. Uh, and then the only the other thing that I do and that I would really encourage people to check out. I'm not on this show usually. But I am the video producer for Eye on the Target Radio on Sunday afternoons. It's a nationally syndicated radio program. They're trying to put out video to go with the audio. And so I, I use my computer system and software, and I, I help put them on the air. But that's at Sunday at 4 p.m. Central Time, the only time zone that matters. The only time zone that matters. Exactly right. We're right here in the center of it all. Don't roll your eyes at me, Charlie. I see that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give credit where it's due. That actually came from our friend Travis P11, who's another Nebraskan who who does a lot of stuff on YouTube. So check out Travis P11. It's all one word, uh, but he's the one that started saying that, and he's got a great podcast Saturday mornings at at uh, eight o'clock Central Time called Caliber Corner, and he talked. It's, it's all gun stuff, but he's he's got some cool cool things that he covers there too. So. Um, all right, Derek, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you or find more about what you're doing or, or where you're talking about it? Uh, so you can find us on our website, kidsafefoundation.org with two S's. Um, you also can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. TikTok's a lot of fun there. We've we had a couple of videos that got a couple hundred thousand views. So it's, it's fun. I, you know, I, I get kind of shadow banned, but it's it's nice to be able to use a different platform. You know? I got to tell you though, Derek, I'm not going to check it out if you start an OnlyFans page. <laughs> it's in the works. Somebody <laughs> has to go there. I'm I'm just I'm just no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not in the works. I mean, if if, if no. anybody doesn't know what that is, it's fine. I don't know you. So you know. I, I think if Derek started an OnlyFans page, he would only have it'd be one fan. fan. It'd be one fan. It'd be me. They're <laughs> actually. <laughs> so, Paul, I wanted to, I wanted to say thank you for all that you do on our behalf. I've been kind of tuning in to what you're doing, and I, I think you know going forward, you know we're fight, we're in an information uh, war right now, war for mm -hmm. information. I think, and what you're doing uh, on behalf of the Second Amendment Foundation is really critical, um, and it's it's educating a lot of people. So, I'm really really thankful that you are out of a truck and you're doing you're following your passion and you're you're doing a really good work. So thank you for that. I'm glad, glad to see you and Susan doing well. And so thank you. Thank Absolutely. you very much. And, and dude, you're my role model, Paul, because I mean, I would love one day to be able to get paid to do some of this stuff and, and get paid to, to follow my passion. You're living proof that it can happen. It doesn't happen overnight and you've got to, you know, you've got to work hard um, and make a lot of connections and, and, you know, everything kind of has to align perfectly to do it, but, but it can happen. So maybe one day, you know, I'll, I'll make it right. That's one of my fun things to say. I'm, I'm one step closer to making it. 
um now that well. i'm meeting some people and, and doing some stuff and who knows what will happen one day it's up to god and what he chooses to give me or not give me so well he is a media demigod that's true that's go. true i mean <laughs> there you go and he didn't get to say demigod overnight i mean he's the same exactly. with charlie cook i'm right? really looking forward to 100 100 episode next next week and looking forward to 200 more you know so just keep going man that's right uh, so all i'm really, to really important I'm looking like forward to the day that you can mark Nebraska off your list. I can't wait man. to get to. So all I'm uh, trying Lord, to do Lord is willing and the Creek don't else. rise. It'll, it'll, it'll maybe happen hopefully this year, but we don't know yet. And we're not going to jinx anything. So, okay. Real quick add, before real, we real go, fast, if I could, I want to add one more thing before you shut down. Yeah. I want to go off on the, it does. It, it didn't happen overnight. I just put out today episode 581 of the polite wow. society podcast that's amazing and that's that's not a daily episodic show that's a weekly episodic show so yep. 581 weeks is how many years paul just uh, i started with more than one a week i've been at this for a little over nine years and i was at it for almost uh eight and a half before i got hired by saf there you go all right so don't ever 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 quit but the, the i'm writing that down i'm writing that down paul I wrote, wrote, get your face out, out there, you know, so don't ever quit. I'm going to put that down. So. Paulisms. Yeah. We'll, we'll call them Paulisms. There you go. Also write down, do not start the OnlyFans page. <laughs> oh, so do start it. Do start it. Like I, so reverse psychology Ouch. here. What? <laughs> yeah. Don't touch the hot burner and don't start the OnlyFans page. Yeah. yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Before we go, I do want to do a little bit of NFOA stuff. The hats are now available that you can go order them. T-shirts are available and quarter zip pullovers are available. And I haven't, I've got the hat. Um, I was, I was blessed enough to get one of the prototypes so that I could uh, put this thing on social media and show it off to people. Um, so I've had this for a few weeks. I, I haven't yet seen a t-shirt or a, a pullover in person, but they look like they're, they're um, not so much a sweatshirt material, but kind of just a, a light jacket material um, pullover. Um, not like a windbreaker type thing, uh, but they look really cool. Uh, I don't have those links handy that I can throw them. Uh, over in the chat, which I kind of wish I had those right now. But if you're on Facebook, go to Nebraska Firearms Owners Association Facebook page. If you're not on Facebook and you want to support that stuff, go to NebraskaFirearms.org and um, you can click on the it's a fundraiser is, is how we're wording that uh, because we we're a nonprofit as well. We're a 501c4 nonprofit, so we can't sell these things for profit. They are for fundraising. We will be using this money for events. Um, I, I can't talk about it too much detail, but we've got a diversity shoot. You may have heard of those going uh, on in New Jersey and, and right now Pennsylvania uh, with our friend Tony Simon from The Second is for Everyone. Um, we do have in the works, we're, we're working on a diversity shoot in Nebraska this summer. No dates or, or times yet that I can talk about, but uh, again, Lord willing and the crick don't rise, it's, it's coming. So uh, I, I can't wait for that to happen. Uh, but that's kind of what some of this stuff is going to is, again, I mean, we have to spend the money that we get in, but we're going to use it for, for things that will actually advance not only legislation in Nebraska, but education and awareness and, and see if we can get a few more people into uh, the fold of, of the gun owning family who maybe uh, thought that guns are bad or that 
guns are not for them or they shouldn't own them or, you know, whatever their uh, political leanings are or or uh, racial or sexual preference or anything like that. We don't care who you are. We want you in our community. Anybody, anybody that thinks otherwise, in my mind, they're thinking wrong. So, um, so go check that out as well. If you are in Northeast Nebraska or you can get to Northeast Nebraska, April 27th, we will be doing an event here in the town where I live, Norfolk, Nebraska. For those of you not from Nebraska, it looks like Norfolk. Um, 5 to 7 p.m. at the city library on April 27th. It's a Tuesday, I believe. Uh, we'll probably end up bumping this show. We'll either move it to Thursday or we'll skip it because I don't know for sure what's going on yet with the, the stem cell transplant for my wife that I've talked about before. I don't know the exact dates when we're heading to Omaha. So maybe we'll be going to Omaha that same week. I don't know yet. If, if that's the case, no show that week. Uh, otherwise, we'll do it Thursday night. But uh, 27th of April from 5 to 7 p.m. It's just going to be a, this is who we are as, as Nebraska Firearms Owners Association. This is what we do. Um, if you want to help, this is how you can help. These are the bills that were introduced in our legislature in the state of Nebraska this year. This is what's happened with them so far. This is how you can help get some of these passed or get some of these blocked or whatever is the case. Uh, and and just kind of a general Q&A. But I'm learning that a lot of people out there don't know there's a Nebraska Firearms Owners Association that actually goes to bat for them every time there's a gun bill that comes through our unicameral in Lincoln. And, and we're all volunteers as well. Uh, we don't get paid any more to do, to do this than, um, than what, you know, Derek's getting paid to, to do kids safe foundation. I mean, that's, we're doing this because we believe in the cause and, and we love our state. We love our firearms rights and we want to see them preserved. And we understand it's, it's not about the guns. It's about the rights. And it's about the principle of not compromising is really what it's about. So, um, and I will post that right there. That's the million dollar statement right there. Yeah. Yeah. Not uh, one more inch. And what I can't, I mean, I I've got friends who don't feel the same way that I do about firearms and I don't know how else to explain it. Um, the problem is on social media, it's, it's not the right place. Some of these people, I could have a conversation with face to face where it's just the two of us. Um, social media is not always the place to have the conversation. And sometimes when you see me having a conversation on social media, I understand I'm probably never going to change the mind of the person to whom I'm talking, but I'm also saying things for the benefit of who else might read them. And so it's not always that I think I'm trying to, you know, I'm, it, it sometimes I understand I'm fighting an unwinnable battle. Right. But, but the, the strategy may go a long way toward the tactics may go a long way towards the strategy. I get those mixed up because I'm not a veteran and I don't understand fighting a war, but I do know that um, I might be willing to, to fight a battle that I can't win to advance the cause of the war itself. Right. And, and there may be more people who see what we've said and how we say it. And keep in mind when you're on social media, you're not only talking to the person that you're talking to, you're talking to the whole world and the, and everybody's looking. So, uh, I think that's all that I need to run down there. Uh, once we uh, once we kill the live feed, Derek, you don't have to jump out right away unless you've got to run, so you can hang out and we'll we'll wind this down because I got a few other things I want to uh, I want to talk about maybe when we're not on the air. But um, I think I got a question yeah. for Paul actually off the air. Okay, so. cool. Pat, do you have the <laughs> list handy? Did you, keep, did you keep one of those going? 
Yes, I did. Uh, tonight we had <clears throat> Keith Gregory, Seven Wonders. <clears throat> Sorry, throat's a little raw tonight. <laughs> MKJO, the Polite Society Podcast slash Media Demigod in here and out there. Calaveras 32 Special, both in here and out there. We had Gunpowder Beauty, Sandhill Sweetheart. Special thanks to her for even being on tonight because I know how she was feeling last night and tonight. So uh, prayers are going out to her. We appreciate that. And uh, M. Gabriel. Uh, I was not on the uh, Facebook side tonight. So uh, maybe John knew there was a couple people out there, so maybe he can take that over. And uh, You know, I, I'm not seeing any Facebook posts that came through besides the ones that I put up there. So I don't think there's anybody um, over on the Facebook side tonight, or they were, and they just didn't want to, um, didn't want to comment, and that, that's okay, too. But if you don't comment, then we don't get to say your name. And, and Yeah, I, I know there was a couple people out there tonight that were just sitting back and uh, listening tonight uh we're on a side chat with me so that's totally cool but uh anyway thanks for uh everybody showing up tonight and uh take it away john absolutely um and also let's see here i i i hate going on on the air and begging people for money and i would never beg you for money if you want to help what we're doing first of all NFOA, I don't have a problem at all asking for your money because we will use that to fight for your rights um, as Nebraska gun owners. And if you're not from Nebraska, then I get it if you don't want to support us. But you can do that, NebraskaFirearms.org, and uh, there's a Donate Now button on there that you can do that. If you want to support what I'm doing on my personal stuff on on the Sandhill Shooter page on Facebook and YouTube here, that's cool too. Um, if you want to part with your hard-earned money, then the best way to do that is go to patreon.com slash sandhillshooter and become a Patreon patron for as little as a dollar a month. You can, you can help us out. You don't have, there's no contract. You can do it for a month and then not do it. You can go to black swan tactical, uh.com and, uh, and find the, the team Sandhills collection and get the cool hat that, that Pat and I are both sporting. And it's not in the room. I've got, I've got one of the other hats, the, the Sandhill sweetheart. Uh, her fight is my fight hat, but I, I left it in the other room. Uh, but you can check those out. I've we've got the t-shirts, we've got the hoodie, um, you know, all that stuff too. I, I just so you know, I don't get that stuff for free either. I went and I went and bought my own just so I could could show it off. But um, if you want your own, go there and and check that out. And uh, uh, here's the thing: if you don't want to part with your cash and you still want to help, the biggest help that anybody can do is share. Share the link. Get these conversations out to more people. If you liked what you heard and you liked what you saw, then there's a good chance you know somebody else that will like it uh, as well. So so go do that and, and get this out to everybody, um, especially tonight where it's not just my opinions that, that we're voicing here. I mean, we've got uh, the Kids Safe Foundation. Uh, we really want to get the word out about what they're doing. It's, it's good things. Um, I mean, honestly, that's one of the things the other side likes to harp on, right? It's for the children, right? I mean, the, do it for the kids. If, if one child's life is saved, it was worth it. Well, I tell you what, if you teach kids uh, how to deal with firearms or rather uh, how to not deal with firearms, whatever is the case, then you're going to save a lot of lives. It's not just going to be one kid's life that gets saved. And so honestly, again, I'm going to guilt you into this a little bit, people, but that's okay. Um, go out there, check out 
kidssafefoundation.org and and spread the word about what Derek's doing there too. Do it for the kids, honestly. Do it for the kids, why, I like. Why it. would you not? Okay. If yeah. if we save even one kid's life, then it was worth the time that you took to to go uh go check out the website and and help them out. Uh, they're a nonprofit as well. So they, any money that you send them, you know, that they're going to have to use it. Uh, it's not going into anybody's, uh, budget for their suits or their Christmas vacations flying off to some tropical Island, right? Same way with, with what we do with NFOA. Uh, the, the money that you give us, we will use for you and the money that you give kids Safe foundation, Derek will use for the kids. Uh, you have my word and his both, I think so. Yeah, um, I mean, every every yeah. penny stays inside the program. Um, we do not have everybody's a volunteer, you know. So every, every and you know we we're solid financially, you know, because we have a lot of good dedicated volunteers that help with us with the choices that we make. Good deal. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you can't use another dollar or five bucks here or there. Oh, we <laughs> we didn't talk about the van project. I mean, we need we need we do need funding, but it's going to be used for good. Yep, exactly. All right. So with that, we are going to go ahead and close this up. So on behalf of uh, Calaveras 32 Special, who was not able to stay with us the whole time, on behalf of Pat and Lily and, and Ashley's voice, uh, even though we didn't have her face on, on the air tonight, uh, on behalf of Riding Shotgun with Charlie and uh, and Paul with Polite Society Podcast and Second Amendment Foundation, uh, especially on behalf of Derek and uh, Kids Safe Foundation and of course, on behalf of my beautiful bride, Sandhill Sweetheart, and myself, thank you very much for giving us your time and, and watching and listening to the things that we had to say tonight. Again, please uh, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, um, share the crap out of the link for this video, would you please? Uh, let's get the word out there that, that uh, there are people that are doing good things to, to combat all that negative info and, and misinformation that's out there in the world. So uh, it's been great. Uh, thank you guys for watching. God bless you. Without you, there's no sense in doing this. We could have just had a phone call and talked to each other without including the world. So you guys that are watching uh, really are the reason that we do this. It would be dumb not uh, dumb to do it without you. So we're, we're very grateful and thankful that, that you give us some of your time, uh, which is even more valuable than your money uh, to me. So thanks for that. But you know what time it is, guys? You got to go.